In a world full of cancel culture, greenwashing and the climate scaries, we can sometimes be too scared to ask the controversial sustainability questions in fear of being called out. But what if we could normalise not knowing? Today's episode of Normalise Not Knowing is brought to you by The Daily Oz, the way for young Australians to digest and engage with the news. When founders Sam and Zara started The Daily Oz in their early 20s, they set out to build a news brand for non-news people. A few short years later, the TDA crew now bring trusted, digestible news to over a million Aussies every month on their Instagram, TikTok, website and podcast. To find out what's making news today, check out The Daily Oz on Instagram now. Bridget Husswaite is a Melbourne-based music presenter, author and podcaster. You probably best know her as the ex-host of Triple J's flagship music program, Good Nights. She is a trusted and respected voice in the music industry, but she also uses her platform to raise awareness for endometriosis, a condition she was diagnosed with in 2018. Bridget launched the Instagram account at Endogram, which aims to educate and start conversations about endometriosis for over 50,000 people. We love chatting to Bridget all about her relationship to sustainability, whether she feels judged about eating a non-vegetarian diet, and how she approaches the climate-denying people in her life. Let's get into it. Bridget, welcome to Normalize Not Knowing. Welcome. Thank you. Sorry, we welcome. just a lot. Sorry, this is so embarrassing, <laughs> but we just did another content series and I introduce it and I say welcome. Like, I don't it know why it's hilarious. like, we'll come. Yes. Oh, like, welcome. But that's wrong. It's an emphasis on the... C- oh. C- <laughs> <laughs> Which is really unfortunate. Welcome. 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 Glad to be here. Wow. Welcome to Normalize Not Knowing. So Normalize Not Knowing is a podcast where we invite special guests on. And the whole idea is to normalize conversations about sustainability because we think it's a topic that everyone cares about and everyone wants to engage with. Yes. But it's often a scary conversation because people feel like Mm. they don't know enough and they're going to be judged. And also no one's a perfect environmentalist. So I think a lot of people feel like they can't engage if they're not, you know, a pure 100% doing everything like 100% perfectly. So we're just getting people on to have these conversations. So we're super excited to have you. I'm so glad that you started by saying that first too, Sage, because driving here, I was thinking how similar the sustainability journey is to like a fitness journey, right? Like, you know, it's a very daunting, intimidating thing because it is such a big issue and there's Mm. so many ways to go about it. But like you said, people are scared to start and have, you know, that um, fear of being judged mm-hmm. or mucking up. And, 100%. yeah, it so can be God, really so scary and daunting. You don't want to go to the gym, use the big machines. It's yeah. Like, you just have to show up. Yes. That's yes. the first it's step. Just, just getting started. Up. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I love that. So we want to start off two questions. Question number one, what is something that you do in your – it could be everyday life, every week, that is a sustainable choice? There's a few. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 I'm not sure. No, I'm definitely not. I'm definitely not. It's it's very, you know, small things. But, you know, that question I think of th- 
things like using period underwear. Yeah. I think of the reusable um, pads to remove makeup, no mm. longer touching makeup wipes. Oh, uh, until later. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm keen to try. Um, yeah. But those things definitely come to mind first. I think of, you know, I take recycling quite seriously like mm. I always will you know save something and walk out to the side of the house and put it straight in mm. you know that's always top of mind for me mm, I guess reusable bags at the mm. supermarket there's yeah, all literally cool. like yeah so you're super mindful of your well, waste footprint I, I feel that relatively mm. I know there's definitely more that I could be doing but it is something that I'm actively trying to you know yeah. increase my impact I suppose is that like yeah. a conscious decision like you purposely make that or do you think it just kind of comes to you effortlessly because I don't know everyone around you does it or you like doing it I think probably because I've been exposed to a lot of it in recent years Mm. and I think probably with my time at Triple J so Mm. I just finished up there after seven years at the broadcaster uh, and especially because my show would come off the back of Triple J Hacks so the Youth Current Affairs program so you know they're really like and I would commend them highly really at the forefront of driving that conversation for young Australians Mm. so I would be in my studio setting up and hearing um, one reporter in particular Joe Lauder who's based in Melbourne She's done a couple of podcasts with ABC for, you know, environmental campaigns and climate change and stuff. And yeah, like it would be, you know, the messaging would be flowing through my studio as I'm setting up to do my show, which is music. So I personally would never have those conversations, but I would absorb a lot as to what, you know, what they were talking about. So that kind of stuff I think has totally filtered through and maybe not, um, not something that I was aware of until now that we're talking about it. Like, oh, but that's probably a fair bit. Yeah, like that's probably where it stemmed. But I don't see myself as someone who actually does a fair bit. Like, you know, I was a little bit nervous about this because not that it's an interrogation, although these walls, (laughs) (laughs) the setup, (laughs) (laughs) we could be in for an interrogation. No, but um, yeah, I think I am certainly aware of there's more that I could be doing and more that I could be learning as well. But you have to start somewhere, right? Absolutely. 100%. Well, that Absolutely. kind of leads on to part two. What is something that you that you do that you know is not the most sustainable, but it's kind of like a bad habit that you can't really break? Or maybe it's just something that you don't want to do. I think the two that I think of is being a meat eater. Yeah. <laughs> um, I have been Same. all my life. <laughs> and it's I, hard. It will, it's hard. I think it also comes down to your upbringing. And, you know, one thing that I'm kind of keen to highlight is um, – privilege is you know comes a lot with sustainability like to be in order to be fully sustainable there is an amount of privilege to be able to live that lifestyle Mm -hmm. and your impact I think in terms of sustainability can really depend on your upbringing your socioeconomic status and for me I you know certainly privileged in a lot of ways but very like working class you know never really felt financially stable Mm. until I took a full-time job at Triple J in 2018 like Mm. I was always minimum wage or below you know Centrelink low income earner Mm. um and my family you know were did what they could like mum and dad could do what they could with four kids you know mum raising like four under four at one point um going to a public school in Ballarat, like we've definitely experienced some some disadvantages. Mm. And when I think of things like groceries and mm. eating mm-hmm. sustainably, yep. 
you know, mum, it's not like mum could afford to, for a family of six on yeah. their income, like my mum and dad are bus drivers, like yeah. um, to have full, fresh, organic, chemical free, like good for the environment meals. Like it was very much, and also it was the 90s. So mm, it was yeah. very much meat heavy, meat and veg, literally meat and frozen veg. Yeah. Like, because it was cheap. Totally. The cost of living now is obviously fucked. Um, so it makes it harder. But yeah, meat is probably a big one for me. Mm. My partner is like a walking steak. <laughs> like he, <laughs> he is like, his nickname is Porter. <laughs> like, actually, yeah. He. Yeah, we had steak last night. Um, But yeah, I think meat eating and, you know, I know, you know, that definitely has an impact on the environment. And the other thing is probably fast fashion too. Mm. And like growing up with what I could afford to wear. um, I wish sustainable clothing was accessible for Mm. everyone. And, you know, that's hopefully something that we can try and figure out in the future. But yeah, I I definitely am a fast fashion consumer. I yeah. worked in retail um, for a large portion of my life. So those are probably the two things yeah. and they're two big things. Yeah. We have this conversation a lot about um, it's uh, it's not really accessible for a lot of people to make sustainable choices and options. The meat eating I totally relate to like and for me I was vegetarian I think for like Mm. five to six years um but I genuinely just love the taste of meat yeah and I'm just going through a phase right now where I'm like I'm consuming meat and you know do I know it's the wrong decision like yes technically but I also am trying not to be so hard on myself and yeah maybe make alternative decisions in in other areas of my life um but it's difficult it's yeah difficult. I mean it's a definitely. part of like I don't want to be out here fully like defending meat eating <laughs> like right. I'm definitely aware but also aware of you know it's a it has been a part of human nature it's how we have like mm-hmm. you know in terms of evolution and stuff Absolutely. and the food and chain like and how yeah. you feel in general like yeah. even just energy levels and bits of other pieces yeah, yeah. You know it's a tricky one to kind of navigate yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just think there is no black and white answer on that yeah. and on both fronts it's like if you can't afford you know the most sustainable cotton dress or whatever and you only had ten dollars and that was what you can buy well what are you supposed to do? Exactly. Yeah. And who are other people to judge that? That's what I think. Because no one's perfect. And that's yeah. like the whole point of the pod is like no one can do it perfectly. So yep. the judgment around it. And I was actually going to ask you this a bit later um, in the episode. But do you ever feel judged by friends who are vegetarian or vegan? I honestly haven't with, you know, the people that I know in my life. And I have a lot of vegetarian and vegan friends. One of my best friends is, yeah, pretty strictly vegan. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've never felt... Never, never felt judged by them. My 30th birthday, we went to Green Man's Arms in Carlson, oh, which yeah, is yeah. such a good pub. Yeah, like, and so it's all good. vego. Yeah. Um, and the food that they punch out, like you wouldn't Amazing. even feel like you're missing out on me. Like so it's true. very filling mm. and fulfilling, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, but my friends, no, there's never been... Um, confrontation there I have been trolled by a vegan before (laughs) yeah what was the trolling comment oh it was so bizarre and this is probably a thing that makes me kind of intimidated by the Mm. the whole thing I guess Mm. um it literally started out on Instagram I think I posted a a photo of me at Bunnings with a snag (laughs) oh come on and it would just you know I was gonna say an Australian writer passage I know um but this guy used to troll me who was a vegan and would reply to any time any time I would post about meat which wasn't even a 
you know, it's a not frequent a thing though. Yeah. It would literally be like maybe every few months if I'm out for dinner and there's a Palmer or I'm at Bunnings. Like I'm not a, like my content is yes. not meat heavy. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say not at all. Yeah. But this guy really what picked up on it. What did he say? Just heard like, your boyfriend's called Porter. <laughs> Shame on you with the snag. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, if he wasn't blocked now, he'd be I'm joking. L- livid. <laughs> I find it interesting though because you're not, Claiming to be an environmental not activist. Not at all. No, I've know. never, I yeah. never have. Um, it's oh, honestly never been a about the snack. Yeah, Shame. but it like it was pretty abusive. Like, oh. oh, it was it was nasty. Yeah, it was a few years ago, and it actually was around the time where it was um, Black Summer. So you know, um, mm. I was posting a lot about um, that because mm-hmm. it was you know. It, it was fucked. Absolutely. Like it was a really distressing summer mm. for everyone, and being just watching on, being like, "What are we doing yeah. about climate change?" Like that was when it was literally heating up. But the conversation yeah. and knowing about uh, the wildlife and mm-hmm. seeing yeah. the footage of the koalas, like oh, I yeah. adopted a koala from Port Macquarie Animal Hospital and posted about it, mm. um, and he replied to it just being like, "It's so like." You can't, how dare you do this when you eat meat? Like, this means shit. Like, real intense. And, you know, I obviously blocked him. But, yeah, yeah, that stuff's really tricky when, like you mentioned before, Sage, about, uh, I guess, when you're being sustainable in some ways and others you can't be or you're not, um, that expectation that you have to do it all All, all or nothing. Straight up, all all or nothing. nothing. I don't know why in this community it feels like that. And, like, speaking of cancel culture, because we feel like part of the reason, again, that we're doing this is we just feel like anytime you speak out about not doing something perfectly on sustainability, people just come for you and they're like, how dare you? Literally what you experience. What are your thoughts on, like, cancel culture as a whole? Like, are you ever scared to post stuff since you have had that kind of happen to you? Yeah, definitely. And I think it exists really loudly in the Mm. environmental space. And it is what, you know, puts a lot of people off from even trying because they're so scared of that. So that has obviously been a concern for me. And I mean, I even think about like horse racing too, you know, I've, Mm. I've been invited to go to horse racing luncheons and to the race courses. I, I went to like the Ballarat cup in, you know, 2011, like that's probably the last time I have attended a horse racing carnival, but since, you know, having more education Mm. and awareness as to, you know, that stuff doesn't align with me. And Mm as a freelancer now being invited to those events and having the conversation even with my manager I was like you know this I stuff yeah. I just that doesn't align with me yeah. and I also know I would get a lot of backlash about it because I've even posted a, a you know in the past like you know the cup's really bad and up to the cup yeah. and not something that I just don't uh, beyond the animal treatment as well it's the culture of the gambling and stuff yep. and the mm-hmm. alcohol, it's just a little bit too intense for me. So mm-hmm. turning down those kinds of things because I know if I posted it, people would be like, "Come on, this is a really bad look. Yeah. And I'm aware of that and it is a bad look for me and I agree with it. So yeah. even if they offered me a lot of money, I just it's couldn't. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. Yeah. So if Sheen offered you a million dollars tomorrow, would you take <laughs> it for no, a No, and I've never, I've never <laughs> shopped from Sheen either. Yeah. Isn't that? But it's everywhere. It's everywhere. I didn't realize. It's a beast. It is a beast. I mean, there's fast fashion, and then there's Shane. Yeah, Yeah. it's another. (laughs) It's another extent. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like they're just taking the Mickey now. Really are. Yeah. Wait, I feel like we actually we got so deep into it so quickly that I feel like some people might be listening and go, "Hey, hang on, can you tell us a little bit about yourself?" Oh, what I do? (laughs) Who is she? Who is she? But before you do, can I just tell you one funny thing? Yeah. Okay, so (laughs) I was stalking you on Instagram, which I feel like I do 
too frequently. Yeah. And anyway, I have a lot do of research. Yeah, sure. <laughs> and I have a lot of friends that follow you. I think I had like 120 friends that follow you, which is a lot because I have like zero friends. So <laughs> I'm looking at the friends that follow you because I'm also just curious, like, okay, like who in my network's following you? I see the name of my stepdad, who Jason, he's a legend. And I'm like, hang on, hang on, hang on. Jace. My stepdad literally follows like 20 people on Instagram and 19 of them would probably be our close family and very close friends. And you're one of them. I'm like, hang on, what? So I call Jason. I'm like, Jace, um, do is you want to- Is Jason from Ringwood? No. <laughs> I was going to say, is this a caller before? No. And he's like, oh my God, obsessed, obsessed. Used to listen to her on radio all the time. Like, are you actually meeting her? That is so cool. Oh. He has never thought anything I'm doing is as cool <laughs> to that extent. So by the way, thanks for helping me make it. Shout out Jason. Shout out Jason. I was literally like, is this yeah, a caller? Yeah, I'm in the group so thank you. Yeah. <laughs> is someone I've spoken to on Good Nights before? Yeah. Probably. No, probably. Um, Jason's probably done Jason's probably yeah. has. But yeah, I mean, he, was, he thought it was the biggest deal ever. But Aww. so for those listening, can you give us a little bit about yourself yeah your I think, journey today yeah well I think it's interesting um in the sense that I probably do have a pretty vast following very vast. people from triple j people from endometriosis yes. mm-hmm. people maybe even from the project and whatever else I don't know even probably football now because mm-hmm. my partner's just come out of like the AFL system so that's okay. like she's got range no <laughs> she's got depth that's so funny no so okay I guess mostly people would probably know me from Triple J so yep. last seven years on there five years hosting Good Nights so which cool. is the evenings music program um really loves my time but decided to step away this year um I have a book called How to Endo which is a guide to surviving and thriving with endometriosis which came out in 2021 so I was diagnosed with endo in 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, so I speak a lot on that lived experience with chronic illness. And I have a podcast too. So that's called Figuring Out 30. You're busy. Yeah, she's a bit busy. <laughs> so yeah. That's Figuring Out 30, which I really need to subscribe to because I'm about to be 30 next oh, year. <laughs> this will help you. Trust this is me. For me. Yeah. This is for me. It's been such a uh, fulfilling and rewarding personal project. That's, I guess, mm. why I started it. And now it's kind of like a weekly thing. But yeah, just, you know, dabble in media. Um, you're not writing. dabbling. You're doing a lot more than dabbling. <laughs> I was going to say, this is, like, this is like a dream of so many people that would want to crack in the scene. Yeah. So congrats on your amazing, amazing Thanks. journey. Yeah. What are the things that you're doing at the moment that you like the best? Uh, probably podcasting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very tedious in that I present and produce it. So I'm doing all the editing and, you know, the sorting talent to interview the research and everything it's literally a one woman show great uh development personal development like that skill set I think is really valuable and I think it's just rewarding to have you know I loved my time and I still really want to continue music presenting like I'm so passionate about new music Australian music so it's finding a space for that at the moment Mm. um in your own way yeah in my own way but still being able to do other things and grow as a presenter so I love when I can pop on the project every now and then and be on the panel and talk about news and yeah. you know current affairs in a light-hearted way and then the podcast just having really rewarding conversations with people who are like going through the same life stages yeah. as me I yeah. think so fulfilling and I learn a lot from that so yeah it's just the freedom of having conversations with different people um and beyond music I'd love to do like travel presenting I used to be a travel Ooh. agent before Triple J <laughs> yeah I've done like I've worked in call centers and you've done it all retail travel it's wow. yeah she's travel. worked around <laughs> what are you listening to at the moment now I'm just curious for a hot tip <laughs> music wise yeah. music wise there's this really great new trio called Need a Name Bro and I that's, need to write that down it's all Australian? 
uh, UK. Okay. So <laughs> I think you'll really like their song. Yeah, so they've just released their debut song. Need a name, bro, is all one word, and okay. it's just a s- floating title. They literally need a name for their trio, okay. for their little oh, girl it's group. Literally oh, need yeah. a name. But they've released this debut song under that. that. <laughs> Keep it. Yeah, yeah. it really rolls. Um, the debut single is called Better Love. Okay, and it's giving kind of sugar babes, kind of all saints, oh. but a. It's for, me. it's for me. It's for me. You got me a sugar bag. Their vocals are insane. Wow. It's a, I can't stop listening. It's the best debut of the year for me. So oh, Okay, yeah. we know, we'll be doing a That's good. Yeah. We did that because we were discussing how we both get obsessed with songs and then just listen. We play them yeah. on repeat. repeat. That's yeah. our toxic yeah. trait. Like, I'm not someone who is changing it up nope. every car ride. Yeah. Like, my car rides for six yep. months look the exact same. Well, it's nice for me yeah. not doing, um, stepping out of good nights where it was premiering new songs every single night. Right. Um, it, I guess, I don't want to say it became disposable, but it was really hard for me to just sit with a song yeah. or sit with an album. And let it be obsessed. Yeah, and absorb it mm. and really let it soundtrack a moment for me. And now... I can kind of return to that music fan yeah, and have that time and nice. space to enjoy it in that that's way that I used to. That yeah. is nice. Yeah, it's so nice. And I've just got this little list of like six or seven songs that have been released this year that I just... They're cycled. They're cycled. Yeah, that is the roster. That's like me. I've always got three on the go yeah. and that's all I listen to yeah. until I know yeah. every word and then I'll move on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's so nice to have that now. Yeah. So out of curiosity, is a personal question, but... You said you're not an artist. Are you a musician at all? Like, <laughs> no. Do you like that I assumed you were too? I'm like, oh, yeah, sure. Everyone I'm, does. Like, yeah, I'm like, yeah. your industry, come on. Bro, nah. So, no. I mean, I I was handed the trombone in year eight. Okay. In year seven and eight, me yeah. and my sister both got allocated trombone in school band. And I was really pushing for a woodwind, but I got stuck with this woodwind. long fucking brass instrument, longer than my arms. Yeah. Also had to c- catch a country bus home every night. So, lugging that thing no. on the bus, wow. hell. No. I did drum for like a semester so I can lay down a basic beat mm-hmm. um, my hands are too small to play a guitar it's can't, ah, even, can't even hold a pint glass yeah. with these things like let alone on the fretboard no so I'm, I'm what just about a- your vocals because I feel like your voice <laughs> yeah. just, you know what to me listening to you I'm like your voice is so soothing yeah. you need to watch I my like Instagram stories it. when I'm at a gig and you hear me singing singing in the background terrible I'm like known for it That's like it's so yeah I wish where did your music obsession come from Oh, I don't know. I think growing up in Ballarat, I listened a lot to Power FM, which is like the local commercial station. They used to do the Hot 20 every night. So I'd listen to that as where I won my first CD, Westlife Coast to Coast. Ooh, shout out. Yeah. I, um, I grew up watching a lot of Channel V. Oh, yeah. Idolised Channel V. Yeah. So did I. Yeah. And that's where I got my start in presenting in 2012. I auditioned for their presenter search. That is so cool. Yeah, it was like... Cold, so you cold auditioned and that's how you cracked into the industry. Yeah. No, the only no connects, no intros, no, the, just your hard work. Yeah, the only experience to I would have had that would be anything close to presenting was literally debating and public speaking in high school. Right. So I guess it was the ability. Still a talent. Com- yeah, well, yeah. just having, I guess, that confidence to speak and then with 
like true passion for the for the channel mm, yeah. and knowing everything about Channel V and for music. You're obsessed. Yeah, and it like six thousand people applied and I came second to Marty Smiley who um, won the competition. I love She's that. Yeah, cute. thanks. I'm really proud of it. Um, but that started everything. Let's just like let that sink in for a second as well because a lot of people would assume like even me as just like an average consumer, a lot of people would assume that you need a lot of connects to crack into industries like this. Yeah. And unless you know someone or get an intro would be like incredibly hard like that's what I would have thought yeah I mean mean, everyone gets into it in different ways but that was my start and then after that I did a lot of uh pretty much free music writing for an online music website gig reviews phone interviews with bands so you know it was like six years of grind and a lot of unpaid work and then finally through community radio in Melbourne I went through SIN which is a student youth network uh uh, an alumni member I suppose worked at Double J mm-hmm. so I literally tweeted him and was like can I have your email and then he kindly gave it to me and then I was like how how do you get a job at Triple J yeah so you know then we did demos and then I was on the graveyard shift which is like 1am to 6am yep. so I did you know really worked my way through the roster Amazing. yeah it was a grind and I like honestly one of the hardest things about leaving was knowing how many years I've put into mm. getting to that point right. but I yeah certainly don't regret it and I can still do those things yeah. um but yeah a lot of well, a, a lot of work can go into it but then I've also I've also seen other people literally just walk into it and I'm just yeah. like fuck yeah. you didn't have to do what I did yeah. like yeah, wow. and maybe it's easier now because there's so many different platforms in which you can be known and I think especially with the younger the the demographic that Triple J aim for 18 to 24. They're yeah. on TikTok and they're mm-hmm. on Instagram. They're not necessarily listening to radio. So uh, sourcing talent from those platforms and seeing how they can cross oh, over to the broadcaster. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. It's it's always moving and changing. Yeah. But yeah, that's how I did it. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm so I'm so incredibly impressed. Congratulations. <laughs> like, do you remember the day when they um told you that you were going to be the host of Good News? Oh, God, yeah. It was yeah. traumatic. Do you want to hear the story? Yeah, yeah, sorry. yeah of course. Uh, so I never saw it coming. Dom Alessio, who used to host Home and Host, yeah. he announced he was leaving. And my dream was actually to always host Home and Host, oh. which is the Australian music show. Yeah. Um, so they did an internal application process for that. I think about eight people applied for it. So you'd do like a demo. You'd uh, There was like a bunch of questions we had to answer. And yeah, it was like a full application. And I was like, I need this. This is my, this is a show that I've been gunning for. Mm. I can't do another year on mid dawns, like the 1am, 6am. Oh, so God. gnarly. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I got pulled into a room similar to this actually for a FaceTime with my two bosses who were in Sydney because I brought would broadcast out of Melbourne and they said we're not going to give you home and hose and I just felt like the moment oh. like the mill house like when you see his heart ripping a yeah. two was it Ralph one of them Simpsons uh, it was Ralph <laughs> <laughs> and yeah when they said that in my mind I was just like fuck yeah. And then they're like, but we yeah. w- want you to do good nights. Stop it. The first thing I was I like. I goosebumps. <laughs> I'm excited for you. Well, it was really surprising because I didn't know what was happening to Linda Mariano, who right. I grew up listening to. Yeah. And I just never saw good nights as an attainable uh, goal for me, broadcasting right. out of Melbourne. And also just I had never filled in on that show previously. Mm. And I would have loved to. Like that was 
you know, that is the pinnacle of music totally. programming on radio. Um, but yeah, they were like, we want you to do good nights. We need you to move to Sydney and we need to know by the morning. And I was like, what the fuck? We need to know by the morning. Yeah. It was just Holy a real blind side. And I was also in a long-term relationship wow. and I am commitment. I spent the next two hours in the in the room that I was in like this, just crying. So I was so, yeah. Cause I was like, what does this mean for my relationship? Yeah, this yeah. is my, this is a work dream yeah. as well. Moving to Sydney, I never saw that being a thing. Yeah. Um, my family dynamic is interesting in that, like I've got three siblings, but I don't have relationships with any of them. I'm the only one who talks to my parents. So yeah. the thought of leaving them was really hard. Yeah, I didn't want to be far from them because they were already pretty isolated. Mm. Um, yeah, there was a lot, but I mean, obviously to decided to take it, ended up doing the first year in Sydney, but then I convinced oh. them to let me bring it back to Melbourne. Nice. So that's yeah. how, okay. Yeah. So what a that's, journey. that's what happened, Sage. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Were you expecting that answer? No, I was not Trauma. Yeah. I was like, what's your follow-up question to the trauma? <laughs> a lot of crying. Yeah. <laughs> okay, wow. Yeah. It was an interesting year. It was actually a really lonely year in Sydney because I put – so much into that relationship. Mm. I'm not even with that guy anymore anyway. It's not Porter. Um, no. <laughs> no, it's not <laughs> Darling Oscar. Um, but, yeah, it was just a really weird year. But it was – I wouldn't take it back. Right. right. Um, but I'm so glad I could come back to come Melbourne because yeah. this must suit. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. Me too. I, I love this city. I don't want to leave. Yeah. I grew up thinking I used to want to, like, live overseas. And now the thought of leaving Melbourne, I'm like, why I live in one of the – best yeah. cities in the world. I feel so lucky and privileged to live yeah. here. Yeah. Anyway. I posted a TikTok the other day. I was like, spend the day with me living in the best city in the world. Yes. <laughs> yeah. like, I, I, I put the sauce that. on it. I mean, I think I it's factually correct anyway. Smith Street get like number one street in the world? Did it? Yeah. Oh, I love Smith I Street. Do, two yeah. Yep. And Fitzroy as a suburb, suburb as well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, should we bring it back a bit to sustainability? All yeah. right, bring them in. Bring in the big guns. <laughs> so you obviously focus a lot on gender equality, specifically women's health issues and talking up about um, your experience with endometriosis. Do you ever associate gender equality and sustainability together? Never. Honestly, never until the question like yeah. was put forward. I was yeah. like, wow, I've never even taken the time to look into it. And I did do like a little bit of, you know, scrolling on the UN website and stuff mm-hmm. and just reading the links and definitely even, I mean, even when you just think about like women in leadership and making those decisions mm-hmm. and the thing that kind of kept coming back to me, I suppose, with, you know, if we're going, well, look, if we're talking about women's health and sustainability, yeah. literally the two things I think of are like period cups and period underwear. Yeah, <laughs> so true. So, so true. But in terms of like gender equality and sustainability, mm. um, I was, yeah, really just going back to the whole, you know, not enough women in those high positions of power to make the decisions. And I don't know if it's, I feel like it's correct for me to say, but of course we're going to have better environmental outcomes if it's led by women Mm -hmm. because I would say that women have more of that emotional connection and we're thinking of our children and our communities. So we nurture by nature, which is a pretty funny phrase, I guess, because we're talking about nature and it's like the nurture, nurturing nature too, but that's our instinct Mm -hmm. and it's something that, you know, I don't want to be like generalizing, but not all men and not all male leaders 
possess that. Oh, definitely. Like, that's just how it is, you know. It comes back to having a balanced view, I feel mm. like, is so important. And yeah. I think as well for something like the environment and climate change, you have to have – there is an emotional element because it's our lives. Yeah. It's our future, you know, our lives. That's so true. It's it's bigger than life. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. So you have to have, like, yeah. an emotional um, – approach as well as a logistical thing and yeah it was really interesting like it's something that I think I should definitely dive into more because I was like kind of wide-eyed reading it being like holy shit like the the correlation the link the relationship exists Mm. there yeah well Mm. it's one of the UN sustainable number five number five Mm. Not that I'm. Quality. I was like, I was like, are you pausing no, for? Dra- like, I was like, are you pausing for dramatic effect? <laughs> <laughs> yes, that was number intentional. Five. I'm like number five. Yes, I know all the girls. <laughs> thought you were just checking me there. No, I thought you were going to say number five of the UN sustainability SDGs. <laughs> SDGs. Yeah. yeah, I read this really interesting article on the Guardian about women as consumers, and like, sadly, women consume more than men and so then Mm. um, brands tailor messaging and more like sustainability towards women um because they're usually the primary purchaser exactly for the home for the home yeah which again is a massive gender yeah yeah but but even i mean this on my podcast i just spoke about uh sobriety Mm -hmm. and we were talking about sobriety through a feminist lens and the marketing of alcohol towards women and there's a thing called mummy juice in america and it's marketed to mothers being like you've had a really tough day stop you deserve a mommy juice nothing to take the edge off or whatever and then you do it all again tomorrow and it's like okay that's not addressing the patriarchal issues of women still doing majority of unpaid labour you know unfair working conditions in terms of leave and that flexibility oh, pushing but here's that, a wine no, but yeah. also, mommy juice. And like also just like, pushing like you've had a bad day here's the solution alcohol like yeah. how is that the it's solution so to help bad. you unwind from yeah. the day I was horrified when Jill Jeez Stark was telling least. me about it but yeah beyond you know sustainable products the way in which many things in this world are marketed towards women yeah. it just highlights when you stop to think about it highlights the the disadvantage and the inequality for sure yeah. speaking of marketing I feel like another thing that we like we speak about quite often is just greenwashing as a whole and like brands really taking advantage of consumers wanting you know products that fit a better impact for the climate yeah and I feel like people are like kind of taking advantage especially some of the larger corporations and probably embellishing on their impact but I don't know do you ever think about greenwashing or if you see an ad for something marketed you're like oh it's probably greenwashing yeah, I've never thought about greenwashing a lot, but I'm probably someone that buys into it 100%. Mm. Like as a consumer, if I see particular words like natural, organic and sustainable and, you know, there there are certain words that people can really oh, um, yeah. flesh out and, mm. you know, take advantage of, I suppose. So, yeah, I, I think as a consumer, I'd be pretty like gullible to it. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I haven't really... I mean, I went to an event, like I hosted an event for Garnier recently about their journey to greener beauty and um, that kind of opened my eyes a bit as to, yeah, how I guess some, yeah. you know, companies and brands tend do greenwashing. But I, I, I really do like what they was talking about and especially the word journey and Lottie DL, who's like the New South yeah. Wales Young Australian of the Year, um, who runs Banish, like – 
the way she was talking about sustainability as a journey was, yeah, it really stuck with me because it is what we were saying at the start about it's small things, you start from somewhere, it's not the expectation to be everything immediately Definitely. right now. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, those kind of brands – like I, I mean, I was like really impressed by the awareness there and more so their transparency of being like, we haven't got it all figured out, mm-hmm. but we're- nobody does. Yeah. But as I guess a really big brand, you know, we are trying to do things and we want to make small change. I mean, they're going to be making a pretty big change to one of their products, which will have huge costs, consequences, yeah. mm-hmm. um, but long-term environmentally, it's the right thing to do, but they're aware of like- you know, the hit that will take to their sales. Yeah. Um, I think those things are really nice, but I honestly haven't really even, because I am i don't even, especially in the beauty space, like I haven't really dabbled in it yeah. much, mm. but it's been really interesting recently to kind of have a bit more awareness. Yeah. yeah. You're not alone in that. I think majority of people and consumers wouldn't be able to pick out what greenwash when they totally. when yeah greenwashing is happening um it's just the buzzwords right throwing at you constantly right. and then you think if they're not making those like buzzwords you're like well are they even doing it or do they care but yeah. I, th- I mean i'm torn as well because i also think it's good that a lot of brands are trying to focus on sustainability so i'm like okay well at least they know and i feel like knowing's the first step to understanding mm. your impact to understand how you can change it to make better yeah. choices yeah. so it's it's hard it's a tricky one there's yeah. no set guidelines on what you can and cannot say either yeah so it just makes it hard but you know what I think there's a difference between brands intentionally like trying to make better decisions and then being transparent and honest and saying we're not perfect yeah um but comparing that to brands who it's they're clearly not really don't care about it Mm. it's objectively greenwashing they're just plunking a bunch of um words and catchphrases on their on their branding you know there's a difference between that Mm. it's just hard as the consumer to pick it out yeah um and it shouldn't be on the consumer like we should be able to trust the brands that we're using and engaging with we should be able to trust what they what they're saying and claiming um Mm -hmm. but yeah it's a tricky one yeah I mean it's going to take a lot like there's so much work to be done there I Mm. guess in that space but as you said it shouldn't be on the consumer they don't don't know any better no it's like if this says you know this is an edible cup which it is (laughs) okay I should be able to eat that yeah Yeah. I do want a nibble yeah do you want a nibble we we take a bite (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) die (laughs) it's like a hard wafer it's good yeah Yeah. it's like a wafer bit of chew do you have any people in your life who are climate deniers and if you do have you ever had to have a conversation with them how would you approach that I wouldn't say climate deniers but and I don't know if I'd even say climate delayers but Mm. probably just people who don't even have it at all as a priority okay and these people I think actually um when I think about them a probably more economically driven. So I do remember a conversation I had recently with someone, um, I think it was in light of the federal election actually, and um, I posted a table comparing what each, uh, which each political party was doing in terms of the environment and mm-hmm. climate change. And, um, you know, they replied being like, oh, well, that's all, you know, fine and dandy, but who's going to, boot the bill for these policies and all of that Mm. to kick in. And, you know, their argument was like, in order for this stuff to happen, we need a strong economy. So we need a party in place who can 
give us a strong economy uh, and their political beliefs differ to mine. Um, so that was an interesting chat, I guess, because, yeah, they were just like, well, it's just not possible because we need to, like, be able to manage the economy better to make it possible. Mm-hmm. And so that for them was their priority. Yeah. Um, so that's probably the extent of it. Um and it was, I mean, it was a little confronting because I'm certainly not the most intellectual, political right, person. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, I'm just your average Joe, mm-hmm. um, probably could learn more about it totally. But yeah, I, I almost felt like a bit, not intimidated, but yeah. I didn't feel fully equipped to handle the conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's probably, yeah. And definitely. politics makes it another layer of awkwardness well it can get really tense it can get very tense yeah really awkward and tense so that's probably the extent of it I I, yeah definitely don't I don't even think I have anything in I don't think I have anyone in my life who are you know like climate change isn't real yeah yeah Yeah, that'd be pretty fucked (laughs) well you'd be surprised yeah (laughs) you'd be surprised yeah should we play let's play a game oh okay this is word association we're just gonna throw some words at you oh I thought you were telling (laughs) You were telling me, I'm like, yeah, I know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Not you, love. Like, me. Yes. Okay, sorry, what an idiot. <laughs> I'm like, can I play the game? <laughs> we're going to throw some words at you and you're just going to say the first thing that comes to your mind when you hear it. Okay. okay. And does it have to be a one-worded answer? No, it could be a sentence. Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. A feeling. Okay. Whatever. Okay. Sustainability. I just thought period cup. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So you use period underwear? Period underwear. I haven't, like... I've tried the period cup and I'm still working on it. Yeah. But as someone with endo, it's sometimes hard to get things up yeah. there. Yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and it can be, yeah, painful. So yeah. I'm still figuring that out. Okay. But period underwear. Do you like them? Yeah, especially nighttime. Period yeah, underwear are great to true. sleep in. So good. What yeah. do you use? I use, a, like, I use Modi Body and Libra. Those okay. are the two. And I also have a Tom Organic pair as well. Okay. Yeah. So it's a range. But um, they've changed my night routine when mm. I have my period for sure because I would literally just get the surfboard pads all the time. So mm. I'm buying less, yeah. you know, period p- products. 100%. Um, and they're so easy to wash. So easy. Yeah, they've made life so much easier. Yeah, yeah I, I used the Bonds one. I was going to say, I used oh, the... Oh, really? I literally was going to say, I actually got gifted the Bonds ones yeah. last year. So I used the Bonds ones. Stop it. And they're yeah. good? Yeah. Like, does the job. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I have... This is probably TMI, but like, I have a really light period. So for yeah. me... Yeah. I can't compare if it was like a very heavy period. Well, mine's, yeah, usually pretty heavy the first few days. So when I started using period underwear, I was really scared. Like even still had like, you know, a spare like sheet under the bottom just in case. But I have never bled through once. No, neither actually. I've never, no. And so do you have to wash them separately to other items you I, kind of well i don't know i put them in a bag yes so like you have oh, one of those bags in the okay. do you know what i'm talking about like a washing machine, washing bag. machine bag i put them in those okay. yeah I just put everything else okay. in there yeah i usually Whatever. like rinse them and then put them in there and then you can just put it on with like a general load yeah yeah it's so easy yeah because otherwise what are you gonna do like how many how many underwears do you have like i've only got i've only got like two yeah i can't just put two in the washing machine yeah with a waste of water. Do you yeah know what I mean? next word is skincare serum Serum. Do you yeah. love a serum? Oh, yeah. So I never had a skincare routine until 2018 when I was getting laser, really. Ooh. So, and I was just put on Skin Institute from Laser Clinics yeah. Australia. <laughs> I was going to say Laser Clinics Australia. Yeah. yeah. But, and since then, yeah, I've just been. I like really take my skincare and my dental hygiene really seriously. Do you? Yeah, and I actually recently broke out a little here, and it's nothing. But I was really you have really not. 
Well, I, I think it's eased down because I tried a new, like, it's always hard when you do try new and products. And you introduce and, a new product. Yeah, yeah. and it ta- it's almost like when you feed your dog new f- stuff, right? Yes. You have to ease yeah, into it, otherwise it. they'll vomit. One at a time, one yeah. at a time. So yeah. my skin had a little spew, um, but... Yeah, 2018. So I feel like I was kind of late to the skincare party, really, because I was 27 then. Well, because you wasn't doing you were gifted with great skin. Yeah, yeah I don't know. Yeah, yeah I don't so know. What, can I ask then what is like what is your routine at the moment? So when I have a shower in the morning, I'll do my cleanser mm-hmm. and then I'll come out and I'll like I don't even know if this is the right routine, but I remember when I first got the stuff from Skin Institute years ago. I just remember the order that they were like this the serum stuff, then an active mist spray, and then moisturizer. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes I would use a more liquidy serum, like yeah. uh, like water cooler or something like that. And that's just what I do every morning. I don't even do it at night time. I just do you do it every use morning. like I don't know an SPF or a face oil or anything like that. Um, well, the sunscreen is that. How do you pronounce that brand? La Ripper's a Pochet. Oh. <laughs> La, La Roche Posay. Great know? sunscreen. Roche. Well, I mean, don't. I say La Roche Posay. Am I yeah, saying it wrong? No, I just never say I also use that sunscreen. It's like great sunscreen. Yeah, their face yeah. one is really I can light. never say the second okay. word either. It's like the, the sunscreen's called like Anthem. No, I'm not going to say I'm just like, yeah. Yeah, so. I, when I walk Daisy, my dog, every day, I always put sunscreen on. Yeah. Um, just because I'm a little bit, you know, I'm yeah. th- she's 32 now. Yeah, like, sunscreen. this is the, the, the time that really counts. I was going to say the best Animatic. aging class. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, truly. So, that's my skincare routine. And then, you know, a face mask every now and then. Before, If I have to get my makeup done for an event, I'll always do, like, a little eye mask. But I tend to get quite oily. Mm-hmm. Um, so, that's probably my downfall. But... Yeah, that's my routine. Like, it's nothing I'm extravagant. Yeah, try off. Yeah, yeah same. Yeah. Oh my god, I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm and I'll tell you about. We've got. A I'll, I was gonna say we're also launching a product later this year that I feel like you'll be into. But oh, cool. Won't say it yet. I'll say it. Okay. Off okay. Yeah. yeah. The scoop. Yeah, I'm so keen. <laughs> okay. What about the next word? Okay, you'll you'll laugh at this word, chain. Oh. Um, okay, the first word I came that came to mind was TikTok. Oh, oh but you know what? That's just a really because good it's one. yeah, people will just people will like unashamedly the put on the sheen halls, and I'm like, so outrageous. Yeah, and it's mostly Americans, but yeah. I'm like, yeah, why do I get served them though all the way in Australia? I don't know mm. that weird global reach, right? But I mean, yeah, I don't think I've seen an Australian do a sheen haul. Mm. Ah, it's just I've never mm. ordered. I've never ordered from Neither. there. Like, I just yeah, that's one brand I would feel really bad about ordering from. Yeah, yeah. like I would have a really guilty yuck feeling in my stomach. It never even well, appealed to me, regardless that I just never even wanted to order from them. Yeah, well, the quality's even, not even yeah, amazing, it was never right? For me. I'm sure not. But didn't you say that on labels? Yeah, yeah. Like their workers have put like, like little messages. messages. Yeah, I mean, I've seen that on TikTok. Me, I don't even know like, what to say on yeah. that. I'm like, how they haven't yeah. even been shut down just purely based off that's that? It's scary yeah. just from a human the rights perspective. Yeah. Even exi- like, yeah, how are they even orbiting? On TikTok, like, it's, it's, it's scary. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I think of TikTok when, I think, yeah. when TikTok. you say Sheen. <laughs> that's a good one. Go on, Sage, pick the best one. Yeah, let me take a look. Uh, vegan. Porter. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
I was playing. <laughs> Vegan. I think of like chickpeas. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Like beans. Legumes. I love beans. Legumes. La Roche-Posay and legumes. Legumes. Yeah. So I don't think of vegan. Yeah. I love chickpeas. I love beans. Beans. I'm having a white bean obsession at the moment. Oh, I'm obsessed with them. I'm obsessed with them. I can't stop buying them. Like in salads and stuff? In salads, warmed up in like vegetable, like sautéed. Yeah. I am blended as like a white bean dip. Okay. I mean... The versatility of this yeah. Beans. yeah. Really good protein. Really good yeah. protein. Really good yeah. What am I, spruiking beans? <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> the sponsor of today's episode. It's beans. beans. <laughs> it's like when you just see those ads about like pork yeah. or like yeah. avocados. <laughs> this is brought to you by beans. <laughs> no, I went to a really nice Greek restaurant in Hobart in March. And Yum. yeah, the range of bean dips. Oh yeah, delicious. Like Greeks know what's up. They do. Mm. They are my people. Uh, well, there you go. Yeah. We're half my people. Yeah. <laughs> half Greek. <laughs> I love that. Awesome. Oh, yay. Well, yay. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for having me, though. It was fun and yay. not scary at all. No, <laughs> not at all. Good. Now let's take it to Green Senator Sarah Hansen Young, who is Normalize Not Knowing's resident sustainability expert. We did a round of rapid fire questions with Sarah where she debunked sustainability misconceptions, and boy, was it juicy. Let's get into it. Okay, so this week we got asked, do you need to be a vegetarian or a vegan to be a climate activist? Oh, you, I get asked this question a lot. Really? <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm, I'm not amazed that it's uh, the top one. Um, look, you know, all disclosure, um, I'm a pescatarian. I eat, um, you know, lots of veggie and vegan at home and I travel so much and eat out so much at functions and things that it's kind of easier to also be able to do pesco. But, um, look, you don't have to be vegetarian and vegan to be um, a good you know, climate activist. But I do think if you can choose to eat less meat uh, and less seafood, you should. Meat in particular, of course, is the one of the largest contributors to carbon pollution, uh, not just in Australia but around the world. Uh, that big agriculture has had such a devastating impact on our environment, on our water quality, on the quality of our soil. So eating less of it uh, is definitely um, a good thing to do if you really care about making the right choices for the planet. Um, and then, of course, uh, if you are going to choose to eat meat or seafood, look for options that are organic and sustainable. And there's plenty out there. There's more and more. Um, and uh, looking for kind of uh, ways to reduce the footprint of the meat that you eat um, is a good start. But you know what? My my most favourite food of all is vegetarian pasta, and um, I'm never going to give that up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> What's your favourite type of vegetarian pasta? I, I really like a tomato and basil kind of base, um, but I yeah. do a really mean... Um, like broccoli and pine nuts oh. and things like that. So mm, yum, yum. Delicious. Okay, so I know where I'm going to dinner. <laughs> yes. Your house. I <laughs> oh, awesome. love it. Thank, Thank you. you for that. Okay, question number two is, do you need to be rich to be sustainable? Oh, another good question. Look, no, the answer is no. In fact, um, if you uh, re recycle, if you uh, use... Uh, second, if you source second-hand products, 
often they're actually much cheaper uh, than and buying new. And of course, uh, you can be part of the circular economy. So uh, if you're buying some something that you need for the time being, but you want to on sell something else, then you know, you, you can get some money back from that as well. I think actually, making the circular economy normal and part of, you know, this cost of living crisis is a really good idea. Um, you've just got to put in a bit more time and that's the that's the point. Be a bit more prepared. I think all of us uh, probably uh, live in a, a world where we consume too much, we have too many things and we can all cut back. And I think um, this climate crisis, uh, the inflation rates, the way they are, uh, uh, interest rates, inflation, all of these pressures right now. I mean, people are struggling to pay rent, right? Um, you could be saving some money by not going and buying um, all these new things that perhaps you don't really need. Mm. Definitely, especially with even things like grocery shopping, consuming less, going to markets, finding local produce. I feel like there's plenty of options that people can get around. Well, I think being able to cook more of what you want to eat at home by going and buying um, products from, you know, the markets and, and doing that yourself definitely cuts the cost down. Um, but also looking for things that aren't packaged. Mm. Packaging is such a big part, A, of the environmental crisis, but B, about the cost that you're paying for things. Often things that aren't packaged in plastic and other, uh, you know, type of packaging will just be cheaper because it's cheaper to get from A to B. Mm, mm -hmm. Very true. Really good tip, actually. Mm. Thank you. Okay, and last question. How can I approach my climate-denying family members? We get this a lot, <laughs> a lot, a lot, a lot. I think a lot of people are scared to talk to people that they're friends with and it's hard. I think oh. it, it is one of those tough ones, right, because if they're your family members and you love them and but you're passionate about the environment and you can see the climate crisis and you... You just don't know how to get through to them. Um, I've had this conversation with so many people over the years. Um, I think one of the key things to talk about is um, even even if they don't uh, accept or understand um, all of the, you know, the science involved and, you know, you're not expected to, um, on a sure, in, 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 on, a, on the basis of insurance, you know, trying to protect something in case the worst happens is often a good argument. So taking out government taking out measures against the climate crisis by reducing pollution, by you know being putting our energy grid on a more sustainable footing, by making sure we protect uh, our old growth forests, things like that. That's actually about an insurance policy as much mm. as it is anything else. So even if you don't understand or accept all of the facts and figures, um, you know, it, it's what if, what if the worst occurs? Surely governments are responsible and should be responsible for, um, for, for having an insurance policy. And I think that's one argument that, that cuts through. But also, of course, increasingly we're seeing the real effects of climate change and the climate crisis right now. We saw those horrible bushfires in 2020. Um, we've seen the floods uh, over the last 18 months here in Australia and the climate has changed. It is here, it's happening and it's already having a real impact. Uh, and businesses and industry are factoring all of these risks into their own plans. Some of the biggest corporations in the world are now legally liable 
if they don't factor in climate risk uh, into their plans, if they don't talk to their shareholders about what they're doing uh, in terms of climate. So if the biggest corporations in the world are taking this action, I think that's a pretty good argument to do something. I know exactly what I'm going to say to some close friends (laughs) and family tonight. I'm ready. (laughs) (laughs) I think the insurance perspective was really good, especially for people that may be older, related to you, Mm. not understand it. They definitely will understand insurance. Definitely. Thanks, Sarah. Thank you. Great tip. (laughs) Great to chat.